A very warm welcome to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia L. Curry. And I'm Amanda Yorworth. So anybody walking around St. Albans Day might be a little bit surprised to see lots of characters walking around the street instead of children. You've seen Gruffalos. I've seen uh, a Mad Hatter. Amanda, have you seen any on your travels today? Oh, I've seen some that might have been some Harry Potter characters. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Always a good, one. Always a good Harry Potter yes. um, time. And of course, because it's World Book Day and it's just, it's one of the best days of the year in terms of fun for the kids going in, getting dressed up. And it's so virtuous as well because we're talking about, about books. So, um, and every year we love to talk to local children about what they think and what they're reading in terms of um, what's the latest books. So we are really, really pleased tonight to be speaking to um, a few children from Fleetville Junior School. So we're going to be speaking to Zara, Noor and Callum in just a few minutes. And from St. Peter's School, we have Matthew. So they're going to be telling us about their uh, their books and some of them might have cheeky titles. I'm just warning you now, Amanda. I'm quite looking forward to this, actually. Now that my kids are, are grown up, up enough they've gone it doesn't matter about cheeky titles ah oh, we could have a bit of cheekiness amongst uh, amongst kids now but we've not just got that we've got a really quite exciting uh, guest that's going to be joining us on skype haven't we we've got um ed veer um and he is a fantastic british author and illustrator and he's done some fantastic books the getaway banana mr big and mr big um that was the book that was chosen by the book trust as the official book time book for two 2009, and there were 750,000 copies of the book shared to school children, which made it the largest single print run of a picture book in the UK ever. Um, and she's also um, written and illustrated How to Be a Lion as, as well. I mean, ju- that's just a few of his books. So, yes, yeah, so we'll be hopefully be getting a bit of inspiration from Ed. Fantastic. And actually, I've seen quite a few lions on Twitter today as well. So I think there was uh, World Book Day lions too. And uh, to round up the show, we're going to talk to Gemma Mali from the Book Trust. She is director um, of, I think, communications and she'll be telling us a lot about the work that they're going on there's some fantastic initiatives apart from the ones we all know when you you know you get your first book and when you know when you have your first child and you get a book um through the book trust and uh, she'll be telling us about other fantastic initiatives that they have going on towards the end and she'll also give us some great tips about how to get reluctant readers going and i'm sure there's a few parents who'd like a few tips on that there's lots of competition for books now isn't there sort of online you know sort of being on your phone rather than reading or whatever so so yeah but it's a, it's a great habit to pick up his reading isn't it definitely and as soon as soon as possible they all say mm. well we've got four fantastic readers in the studio now we're really really happy to have zara noor callum and matthew hello guys Hello. You don't have to be shy. You can say it as loud as you like. <laughs> so let me let me start with the girls. So Zara, tell us tell us about yourself. Um, my name is Zara. I'm ten, almost ten and a half, and I'm from Redwood in Year Six. And I really enjoy reading manga and watching anime and drawing. So you are actually, you very kindly stayed in your dressing up outfit for today, didn't you? Yeah. So anybody who's watching has a Facebook account, have a look because we've taken a photo of Zara and her makeup is fantastic. Tell us who you are. I am Shoto Todoroki. Of course. (laughs) From My Hero Academia. And tell us a bit about that book. Um, My Hero Academia is a series of books but I've um, specifically bought in volume 5 because the cover is an image of Shoto Todoroki and the back has an image of his father and I believe that My Hero Academia is a really original and unique uh, series of book books and I just really enjoy reading them and watching the series. Zaba, I was going to say, they're not ordinary books either, they're graphic novels. Mm. Why do you like graphic novels in particular? Uh, I like the action, I like the character design and the dialogue. Brilliant. Um, and who's the main character, the, the character in the book? Why, why is she so special? Uh, well, there are quite a lot of main characters, but the ones that you really focus on are Deku, Todoroki, who's, who I'm dressed up as, and um, Katsuki. And they all have really different personalities and I just love that. 
that's really brilliant. It sounds really good, like you really got into the, the spirit of the book. Um, now, some people might think that graphic novels are just kind of pictures, like reading a comic or something, and aren't really proper books. What would you say to them um, if they thought that? Well, I'd just say read them because they are, they're such great books and... I just, I just love them. Just, uh, and, and actually, you get all the benefits of reading. All the words are still there, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, that's just been expressed in a in a slightly uh, in a slightly different way. Um, so, what's your favourite place to read? Do you, are you? Uh, I don't know. Do, do you any any particular time or space that's a good reading time for you? Um, well, usually at school, I I like to uh, read during class sometimes, um, and. At home, I like to read on my sofa with lots of blankets and pillows, or at night um, with lots of blankets and pillows. I like to read any book, really. Sounds very cosy. You're making me a bit sleepy now, Zara. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound really nice, doesn't it? And and do you find that books help you relax? Uh, yeah, they do, and they put really lovely images in my head. Oh, that sounds really nice as well, doesn't it? Mm. If, um, you know, particularly if you're a little bit stressed about things, the idea that a book can just take you away to somewhere yeah. lovely, as you say, with those lovely images, particularly that you have in your graphic novels. That sounds that sounds wonderful. It really does. I'm learning a lot about this because <laughs> I, I'd never heard of them until you brought in the books today, mm-hmm. Zara. So that's really interesting. And we'll come back to you with a couple of more questions. Should we jump over to one of the boys? Callum, would you like to tell us tell us about yourself? My name is Callum. I'm 11 in Year 6 Redwood at Fleetville and I really enjoy reading and drawing. Reading and drawing, so you're a bit like our next guest. That's very interesting. And and do you read and draw books or stories yourself? Um, sometimes. Or sometimes I just doodle and draw whatever comes into my head. I like the sound of that. That sounds like a real artist to me. So d- tell us about um, what books you've brought in today. You've got a lovely stack of books yeah. there, Callum. I brought in When Hitler Stole Pink Rabbit, a trilogy of books by Judith Kerr. So we, we know who Judith Kerr is, right? Yeah. What's she famous for? Um, she was born in World War in 1993, and she lived through World War II and wrote the three books I have here um, about her life during World War II. Wow. And can you tell us a little bit about what was it that, that uh, drew you to the books? Um, so I got them for last year for my birthday, and then a bit earlier this year in school we were learning about World War II, and I fancied reading these books. Do you think that what they said, the books are obviously written about um, quite a long time ago. Why do you think they're still interesting for you now? Um, I think they're quite interesting because they're set on someone's life during World War II and a long time ago. And, but the story's been changed slightly. So they're a bit different to the actual history but not really exactly. And you don't think that, even though they were written quite a long time ago, that they sound old-fashioned, or do you think that actually there's a... Um, not really old-fashioned, but they they do, like, if you look at some... There's not really any pictures in the book, but some of the front covers look of pictures from a long time ago. OK, and, and, that, and that interests you, reading about things that happened yeah. to people a long time ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, and do you have a do you have a um, a nice place to read? Is there where would you like um, to do your reading? I like reading once I go to bed in bed, yeah. and like when I have free time at school. Okay. And actually, another question I wanted to ask you: Do you think boys and girls like different types of books? Um, not really. Mainly a mix of books. You, you, it has to be that I can imagine plenty of girls enjoying those Judith Kerr books that you brought in. And when you were younger, actually, did you like the Tiger Who Came to Tea? Because that was a, a um, famous yeah, book. Yeah, 
Yeah. When I was younger. Lots of nodding going on in the oh, studio yes. now, yeah, Amanda. Yeah, that's a real classic, isn't it? I have to say, that's the book I knew by Judith Kerr. I didn't realise that she'd written so many other books as well. It's a shame. It's a shame, though, isn't it? Because they are they are fabulous books. And as you said, because they were actually written, she had first-hand experience of what was going on. So she was actually sort of telling the story from a child's point of view. You know, she, she knew what was was there. So, so yeah. And she's such a, she's such a lovely um, author as well. She writes so nicely. So, yeah, it, it's brilliant that her books um, are still appealing to, to people like you, Callum, today, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Let's jump on to Noor. How are you, Noor? Good. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm Noor. I'm 10 years old. I go to Fleetville and I'm also in Redwood. And I like to read, write and play sports. Fantastic. So tell us, what book have you brought along with you today? Uh, I haven't really bought a book, but I bought um, a short story that I wrote myself. Would you read it first? Okay. It's a mystery and suspense story. Oh, sounds great. Um, The bleak winter wind swirled around my shaking knees. I was alone. The trees were guards blocking my escape routes. Evie. I jerked my head. No one. I gulped down the throbbing lump in my raw throat. My torch cut through the ominous woods. Arms quivering, legs throbbing, I carried on. The next waypoint must be near. I'd be walking for hours. Evie. I ran, and I didn't look back. The trees were getting thicker and more gnarled, like sullen faces telling me to stop, go back, turn around. I didn't listen. Evie. The voice came again. This time, it didn't come from behind me or in front of me. It was in my mind, like that little voice in your head telling you what to do. But this one was different. It was colder, harsher. I didn't know what to do. My map didn't help. Nothing did. Suddenly, I I came across a clearing. There was something in the centre. Cautiously, I approached it. I gasped. It was a blood-stained Evie. I turned around, a hooded figure. I shivered, but this time it wasn't because of the cold. Goodbye, it said. Oh. Wow. wow. Thank you. You had us all gasping there. We were. We didn't know what was going to happen there. No. What a great suspense story. Where you. do you get your inspiration from for, for um, this writing like that? Well, last year, we um, in Year 5, we did a, a mystery and suspense topic. So I, um, I wrote it. And I thought I could do better, so I decided to do Mystery and Suspense, and yeah. And do you like reading Mystery and Suspense books yourself? Um, No, not really. (laughs) Why is that? Is that because they're just a bit too scary? Yeah. That's why I don't like reading them. (laughs) That's brilliant. So what kind of books do you like to read? Uh, I like reading adventure books and comedy books. Yeah. And and what's your favourite adventure books? Um... Um, there are two series of books that I really like. There's one called The Polar Bear Explorers Club, um, and it's about this girl called Stella, and she wants to be in this club called The Polar Bear Explorers Club, but only men are allowed, But and she gets up to all sorts of adventures. And the other one is called The Land of Stories, and it's about these twins called Alex and Connor, and they fall into a land of stories, basically, and it's got loads of fairy tale characters in it. And yeah, I have a couple of Land of Stories fans in my house yeah. as well. They're, and it's funny, you look at the cover and it doesn't really uh, prepare you for what's inside no. the, the book at all. And if you, you looked at it, you'd kind of think, hmm, I'm not sure I want to read this. Yeah. But they're quite gripping, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. It's interesting there that the books that you, you mentioned there are all parts of, of series. Do you find that sort of helpful, uh, reading books in, you know, when you know there's another one that might be similar? Yeah. Or, yes, yeah. It's quite helpful if you go to the library or the bookshop, isn't yeah. it? You know, the kind of thing that, you, that you're like. going to So have you got something in your sights for the next thing you want to read? What's your sort um, of ambition? Well, I'm not really sure. I just have a look at what's in the library and then if I see something that looks good, then I read the blurb and if it sounds good, then I read it. So that's how you decide what, what, yeah. what you're going to read, is it just... When you say the blurb, you just look on the back cover there yeah. and see. Yeah, that's the helpful bit. So how about the sort of what it looks like on the cover, the sort of pictures or that? Does yeah. that um, affect your choice as well? Uh, sometimes. Because yeah. it's hard, isn't it, yeah. is choosing a book to read, isn't it? And you shouldn't judge it by its cover. 
Oh, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> but it's but but how else do you know that, doesn't it? I mean, I suppose. I don't know, perhaps you should sort of sit there and start reading each book, but then that doesn't always help either, does it? But so. I guess you must get recommendations from each other. Do you yeah. find that? Yeah, sometimes. How about the librarian? Do you think librarians are helpful for inspiration for books? Um, usually at my local library, they kind of just sit there and ask you if you're finding anything, so... You've not had much inspiration. Not so much It's more fun, perhaps your friends yeah. always, you say, from what you find there instead. Fantastic. Now we're going to jump over to Matthew. It's his very cheeky book. Matthew, tell us, tell us a bit about yourself. Um, I'm, ele- <coughs> I'm 11. Um, I like to draw and doodle, but whenever I try and draw, I don't know what to draw. But then when I stop, I do know what to draw. Well, I think you have to listen to the next guest because he's going to talk to us about being inspired um, to draw and to write. So, uh, but but you like to doodle and you like to draw and you like to write stories too, Matthew. No, no, not really. Not so much. More doodling. But do you like reading them? Yeah, but. So you'd rather read rather than rather than write the stories. But that's okay, isn't it? So right. tell me about this book that you. I'm I'm interested to to know what what's it called. Um, why your parents are driving you up the wall and what to do about it. Mm. Okay, so 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 can you say in a couple of words why why your parents are driving up the driving you up the wall? Um, I've no idea. <laughs> I came home from work one day with a package and just said, "Read this." Okay, and and it was a good reader set. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so is it about somebody whose parents are driving them up the wall, or is it a sort of advice book? Advice. Advice. Okay, so has it changed? Changed how you are with your parents then? No. No, okay. It was just interesting advice then. Is that good? So what kind of things do you normally like to read? Um, do you like reading fiction books or, or do you like reading factual books? Um, I like non-fiction. You like non-fiction, do you? So, so, so what, other, what, what book have you got on the go at the moment that uh, is, is non-fiction? I have a non-fiction book right now. Well, and what's the name of it, Matthew? What, my non-fiction book? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't have one right now. Oh, sorry, you don't have one right now. Oh, but okay. what's your favourite one that you've read, then? Tell us a bit about that. There's one about animals. Ah, so do you like reading about animals? Mm. Yeah. I suppose that makes sense. We love seeing teleprograms about animals, don't we? So actually learning more about them by reading about them sounds, uh, sounds like a good thing to do. Great stuff. And what and what one would you recommend if anybody's listening in, Matthews and Matthew, and they like non-fiction books? What would you say? You gotta read. Which one? Have I put There's you? Lots on? of thinking going on yes, here. Yes, there lots is. Of, lots of lots, lots of, of scratching of chins. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a lot Indeed. to choose from, aren't there? Lots to choose. What it's called. You've forgotten it. It might come back to you. Not to worry, not to worry. Guys, so let, let's, um, I just want to come back to writing. Do you think writing a story is very different to reading a story? Yes. Yes, okay. definitely. Which is easier? Uh, reading. Reading. In my opinion, I think writing because it just lets my imagination go wild and I love the fact about writing. And do you find it hard to, like the guys were saying, um, that sometimes it's hard to get inspiration or to think what to write? Yeah. What do you do? Well, no, when I find it easier to write because you can just write down anything. You can just just start writing. Just and if you're reading a book, you get bored if you don't like it. What about you, Callum? Pull the microphone round to you there. What do you, do you find it hard to get started when you're writing? Yeah. To, and I just when I start reading, my brain goes. When I start writing a story, I just have no ideas of what to write about. Do you ever get, do you ever, when you're writing a story, do you ever get inspiration from something that you've read? So, I, I don't know, say, for instance, you might start, uh, you might start writing about then something and, and then think, oh, yes, I remember that book where, well, there was that tiger who came for tea. Perhaps I could write something about, I don't know, when the dog ate my breakfast or, you know, do, do you think that actually reading and writing sort of help each other? Yes, yeah, sometimes I get inspiration from books. Or sometimes I just have information from things that have happened in real life. Oh, that's interesting. Like, can you think of an example? Can anybody think of an example of something that happened in real life that inspired you to write something? Um, well, it's not really what happened in real life, but um, I played a video game 
and it was about this this person who went on a quest and there was this uh, big demon and it just gave me a whole story and then immediately I started making characters and the setting and I just I really want to write it but I don't know when fantastic that's really good that you that you you sort of um lots of authors say it was just something i always wanted to do so if you've got that passion now then who knows where it will where it will lead you absolutely you've got to just put pen to paper <laughs> so we're we, we we're running out of time for um this part of the show guys is would you like to say hello to anybody zara how about you um hello to maggie and sophie g and sophie r and all my family in spain and scotland and have a good night or day lovely lovely nor how about you um hi to my parents and my sister mika brilliant callum how about you uh hello to my parents fantastic matthew how about you Uh, this is my third time coming on and nobody knows right now so I can't say hi to anyone. Say hello to your lovely mum. Uh, hi, mum. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, it's been really lovely talking to you all. And when mm-hmm. you do write that, that story, Zara, will you come back on and read it first? Sure. And when you, when any of you have got a story that you want to tell... Yes, I want to hear another, another yeah. story to <laughs> Noor's story. Noor, that was fantastic. Thank I'd you. love to hear the next one. Brilliant. So have a lovely evening, guys. Have a great day at school tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And happy wor- B- World Book Day. You too. A very warm welcome back to the Parents Show on Radio Verulam. 92.6 FM, I'm Lydia L. Corey and Amanda Yorworth is in the studio with us. Yeah, well this great week. to be here today on Book Day. I know, we, we should have dressed up, Amanda. Oh, we should have done, couldn't we? You're I could have worn my Harry Potter outfit. Exactly. I'm sure I've got one somewhere. We're so boring, honestly. Terrible, terrible, terrible stuff. So, but now... On to a next and very exciting section of the show. We're really delighted to have author and illustrator, and that's the bit that I'm really curious about, Ed Veer, who's joining us on the show this evening, um, hopefully by Skype. Ed, are you there? It's all up. Having a bit of technical difficulty here listening to Ed. Maybe you could just give a bit of an intro to him, Amanda, and I'll try and sort it out. Because well, he's, he's, he's a bit of a hero. He's won the Highland Children's Book Award in 2007 for The Getaway. He was shortlisted for the Kate Greenaway Medal for children for uh, children's book illustrations for Banana. Um, as we said before, Mr Big was chosen by the Book Trust, who we'll be hearing from later, as the official book time book for 2009. Um, and then it went to a staggering 750,000 British school children, making it the largest single print run of a picture book in the UK, which is, which is quite amazing. But it's, it's a fantastic book. So it's, you know, that, that's, that's brilliant. Um, and then Chick won the Book Trust Early Years Award for the best baby book as well. Oh, yes. And Bedtime for Monsters was shortlisted for the, um, 2011 Roald Dahl Funny Prize. So uh, an amazing selection of, of selection of prizes right across the range there. Um, and then How to Be a Lion. The, uh, that's the more recent book was nominated for the 2019 Kate Greenaway Medal and the 2019 Carnegie Medal and Oscars Book Prize 2019. So, um, Absolutely uh, amazing there, the, uh, the awards that, that S has received. And the, the books, not only beautiful illustrations, but, but often come with a really lovely message behind them as well. So, um, uh, it's, it's not just a book with a, you know, with a, a, a happy story or something, but something that kids can really learn from, which I, I think is sort of like an increasing, um, uh, sort of trend in books, having something that uh, uh, can can help us with, uh, you know, children with difficult situations. Um, do, do, have you seen that, Lydia? Absolutely. Uh, perhaps yes, uh, perhaps um, uh, uh, Jacqueline Wilson. Sort of. Perhaps she sort of. She was uh, done quite a lot of that, and yet increasingly we're seeing. Uh, we're seeing. Hello. Oh, oh, is that Ed there? There's Ed indeed. It is, yes. Ha- ha- Hi, can you hear me? We can hear you, we can indeed. We're having a few <laughs> okay, technical great. difficulties. Welcome to the Parents Show, Ed. Great to oh, hear from you, Thanks for having Ed. me on. I'm glad to finally have arrived. Oh, <laughs> indeed, indeed. The um, Sorry, Skype was misbehaving there. Ed, we've given our listeners a little taste of the um, the array of books and the wonderful prizes that we have had. 
um, in, in over your very short period of, of writing. Tell us what are the sources of inspiration have been for you as a writer and an illustrator? Um, well, I, I started off as a five-year-old uh, who loved drawing and uh, carried on with that, went to art school, became a painter and sort of fell into books by accident, but by way of illustration. Um, and I'd always design, uh, when illustrating, design various characters on outside the books I was doing. And just thought, these guys have got stories and I'd like to tell them. And I suppose, much like as a painter, my inspiration is life all around us. So is that really? the way that your your books work, Ed? You start with a, with a picture and then the story comes from there? Or, or do yeah, you think I, of a story? I do. I always, I nearly, sometimes I think of a story, but nearly always I, I, I start with a picture. And I, I do a lot of um, sketching out when I'm out in the world on the tube or, you know, sitting in a cafe or stuff like that. And... I I love doing that because it make it makes you look at the world when you draw. So and, when you're going and, around, and do you sit with a, a would you have a, a like a note a sketch pad with you? Yeah, and I have a small a small sketchbook, small so it's um, discreet, um, and pe- so hopefully people don't notice. That's always a challenge on the tube um, because there's always you know you start drawing someone and when you draw someone you look in a particular way at them. And they may not notice, but somebody else will notice. And then when you've finished drawing them, then maybe they got off, you start drawing somebody else, and a few people have noticed, all that sort of stuff. So, But when, when you look intensely, as you do when you're drawing, you really notice the theatre of life. And I think um, that's when, when I'm sitting in the studio drawing characters that may well be um, somebody who occurs in a book. It's uh, All of that sort of comes through when you're drawing again. And, and that, that's where I start drawing the characters in my books, um, if that makes any sense. It does indeed. And do you find different things inspire you to write and draw? Or do you kind of derive inspiration from both? <laughs> Yeah, it's different every time, and I think I try and make my books... I hope I make my books very different every time. So the latest book was called How to Be a Lion, and that came... Inspiration came from quite a few places for that book. So um, I was doing a book tour in the United States um, at the end of 2016. I just passed through Chicago, seen a wonderful painting in the Museum of Modern Art there by Henri Rousseau, um, featuring a lion in the undergrowth. And I loved this lion. At the same time as I was doing the book tour, it was... um, uh, basically the US elections and I, I was watching the debates between Trump and Clinton and we just had Brexit despite everybody I met telling me oh we're so embarrassed but this is don't worry he's not going to get in I thought uh, you know there's a good chance he will and if he does that voice which is not one that I like myself is going to become immensely powerful and it's going to filter down and be heard by children as a way to be and if you think of some of the awful things he said about women or how he views women i thought you know we need to counter his narrative and in particular he i felt you know i feel he has a very narrow view of masculinity and i wanted to write a book that shows a a much wider idea um and and that maybe being compassionate, being creative, being sensitive aren't weaknesses, as I think maybe Trump would view them. So, so th- there were many different ideas uh, um, that went into that book, and 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 then writing a book is a sort of task of filtering down um, to get to the essence of what you think the idea is, and making it understandable for children, and. Um, hopefully also entertaining and moving for their parents as well when when you talk about it like that it's it makes you realize how you know just for what looks like a relatively simple children's book the complexity of what goes into that book and the process Uh, behind uh, it uh, i always when my editor's angry with me for she's never angry with me too much (laughs) but you know when she's come on come on hurry up and I, I sort of, it's getting to the essence, it's like poetry in a way, 
Or, you know, when I was writing that book, I had so many different ideas. There were also ideas around when you're a child at school and that pressure to fit in, the loud voices. And it can be hard to be yourself, especially if you're a bit quieter, a bit more sensitive. And especially, I guess, as a boy growing up, sometimes, you know, there's, there's a way to be a guy playing football or doing this or doing that. And if you don't quite feel that that's you sometimes that's quite a hard thing to to not conform because if you don't conform at school you don't necessarily become popular or you think that when you're six or seven and um, when when you're writing do you so you sort of spoken about difficult situations there that that kids are in do you write a, the book that you would have wanted to have read to help you with a situation when you were younger uh, I'm not sure. I, th- I, th- I suppose I, I write with hindsight now, you know, having grown up moderately. Um, <laughs> and, and, and you know, you recognise situations and you think about life and then you think about what children must go through. Um, and, you know, I probably wasn't aware at the time um, when I was at, you know, primary school. But that, I always think that leap from being at home and the centre of a universe... And then you make the leap to school and you're no longer the centre of a universe. You know, you've got to, everybody else sort of feels they were as well. And they've also made that leap. And the, the world is a very different place then. And I, you know, I think there's there are a lot of things we can say in books. Um, and I think books... Um, I remember books that I loved when I was young and they go in so deep at that age. And if we want to change certain things about, you know, maybe talking about shades of toxic masculinity, going back to the Trump thing, I think you start that conversation at the age of five. Yeah, we're, we're all nodding in the 20. studio here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, 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 yeah, I, I really do think that. And another thing, I, I remember being in the States and having various conversations with Trump voters, met some lovely, lovely people, and we weren't ever going to see eye to eye. But I feel if I can get that guy I was chatting to in a bar to read a story to his children, saying, espousing some of the things I think about, you know, what's a way to be a person in the world, um, then, you know, if he's sitting there reading it to his son or his daughter... I think that's very powerful. I'm not going to get those... I can get those ideas into his head and or her head and the children's head as, at the same time. So I do think there's something incredibly powerful about children's books. And as the, wo- the world can seem a dark place at the moment, um, and I, I think, you know, we education is how we change that. Education is how we put good ideas into the world. And reading is the thing that sets apart children you know children's chances of success and you know that's one of the wonderful things about the work book trust does in promoting reading you know if you if a child loves reading they can educate themselves from whatever background they've come from they learn to be critical thinkers and i think that's massively important it is actually amazing the number of now quite quite famous or quite learned people who really had a very poor traditional education but spent a long time in libraries um and 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 so isn't it tragic all these libraries closing down left right and center and we you know it's it's vandalism really yeah but it's i mean and it's the the more parents get out there and use them, the more likely they are to survive. I guess. I, I think yes. They'd probably yeah. That's yep. That true. That's, go that's a, true. Go yeah, a great deal true. on footfall. But um, Ed, you, I mean, it's so heartwarming to think that you're putting that effort and depth in into your books to to help develop those concepts in in our, in our children. Like it's really it's fantastic. And when when you get do you get stuck? We were talking Thank to you. four children earlier, and they were saying quite often. It's hard. Incidentally, were amazing. I love Noor's mystery. I was terrified. <laughs> terrified. We, I don't think I'm going to sleep tonight. I, it we was were, amazing. It was only like half a side of A4, and even in yeah, so well, few words. Yeah, yeah. Punchy, she, that she, new Hemingway. The, the, yeah. She had us on the edge of our seats here. But they said sometimes it's hard to get the ball rolling. Do you have any tips? What, yeah. what would you say is the thing to do? Just start? Well, I, 
I agree with them. It is hard to get the ball rolling. The thing um, I uh, find is drawing um, is really the way I get things going. And I very most of the time, I don't know where I'm going. But you start drawing. And I always think drawing is a, is a form of thinking. And you start sketching and you don't know what's going to come out. And, you know, there's a lot of rubbish, a lot of rubbish. And then something happens when you draw and it's that beautiful looseness of thinking when you draw so i encourage children to draw and i i I certainly do quite a lot of work with the center for literacy and primary education and we co-created a course together called the power of pictures which um teaches teachers how to use drawing and pictures in schools at an older age than maybe they normally would because a lot of times people put away picture books at a certain age and put away pictures you were talking about graphic novels earlier whereas drawing is incredibly powerful and it's something i I always wonder you know i go into schools and i see when when children start at school at five or whenever it is they're all drawing they draw because it's almost it's something innate they express themselves vividly it's very alive their drawings and that's 100 percent of them almost are doing that and when they leave how many children are still drawing and in losing that drawing i think they've lost a very powerful form of self-expression and i'm not sure that we find it you know being expressed elsewhere so i sort of digressed a bit there but yeah i i find drawing is a wonderful way of kick-starting ideas and that's if maybe you draw a character I, I, I was or just a thinking, situation w- but for a child going home on the whole you don't see a parent drawing so perhaps they feel yeah, that as I you know. grow up you stop yeah. doing that is, but, but i is think that's really the thing yeah it, that and I, I sort of feel like we need a massive re-education campaign to say that drawing is something whenever whenever i do a offense i always get the parents to draw and most of the time they haven't drawn since they were seven unless they're worried about drawing in front of their children because they don't want it to look rubbish but i bully them and not bully but i tease them until they until they do draw and they normally all love it and it's amazing getting them drawing again and you can tell that they, they're they really enjoying it. And I just wonder why, you know, what is it that makes us all stop around the age of seven? I think we probably get an idea into our heads that we're not good or it's supposed to be done in a certain way. But, you know, drawing can be done in any way. The important thing is to do it. And the important thing is that we are expressing ourselves through it indeed so we're we're, we're a bit short of of time now but it it is world book day (laughs) you've you've given us something to do at the weekend there we're we're all inspired to to get our colored pencils out again what's your favorite book oh that's a put you on the spot i'm sorry isn't it my favorite book from childhood um, yes it would be well there are a couple um but i'll go for the enormous crocodile by um, Roald Dahl and Quentin Blake. I just love that book. It still makes me laugh. Um, It's a brilliant pairing of a wonderful writer and a fantastic illustrator. It's got levels of naughtiness that are just supreme. It's it's just a fiercely funny book. I love that book. I think that's really love it. And Wind in the Willows should get a mention too. Um, but yeah, the, the enormous crocodile was my favourite. I think, as I say, I think there's, as you say, a, a classic author and a classic illustrator there, and uh, as you say, a uh, a good naughty book as well, which is often a, a good test of a, of a good childhood book, isn't it? Um, Ed, thank you so, absolutely yeah i was gonna say ed thank you so much for um for coming and sharing your your inspiration and your and your passion with us i know that uh, i for one will uh, will take a lot from that it's inspired me as i say to uh, to go and get my uh my, my pens and pencils out again i'm quite looking forward to that actually. Oh, thank you, you well thank you so much for having me on and can i just say i'm book trust illustrator in residence at the moment so if you find your way to the Book Trust page, Illustrator and Residence page, I'll be doing um, over the next six months lots of different things, including lots of how-to drawing videos and things like that. So if you want to, sometimes it's easier to draw along. Oh, it's a good way to start. Um, so you'll find lots of stuff there. So if we, so we go to the Book Trust website journey. for that? or 
book trust website and then follow the links to the illustrator in residence um page um and then we'll we'll start we'll be putting up videos very soon um of d- different how-to drawing videos and, all that, and ideas that sounds really good i should be looking that for that for what fantastic thank you very much indeed. lovely we thanks well, a million thanks Ed, and we'll pop it on our okay. facebook page now thanks a million have a lovely thank evening thank you thank you yes you too bye bye take care bye-bye so that was Ed Veer, illustrator and author, and of course, the Book Trust um, resident illustrator. And speaking of Book Trust, I think we're going to just jump straight on to our, our final guest for this evening, Gemma Mali. Um, Gemma, are you there? I am here. Fantastic to have you on the show. Lovely to be here. Lovely um, to hear from Ed. We love indeed, <laughs> sir, your your colleagues and friends. I'm sure. So, just to let our listeners know, so you're director of communications and development at Book Trust. So, you're formerly a journalist, and you've actually published young adult novels yourself, which have been translated into 28 languages. That's very yeah. I, I young adult, um, so I'm I'm very much in the. Um, children and and you know teeny. Very older children reading exactly fantastic fantastic so tell us i mean we all know and love book trust and the work you do and 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 really value it whether we actually know you're behind it all or not so tell us a little bit about what programs you have going on at the moment so um we run lots of different programs up flagship is probably bookstart which most people will know when you have your baby um you will get a couple of books and uh, resources and sort of guidance and things because our, our big passion is to try and get um families prioritizing reading really early on it's actually it's never too early to start reading we've actually we're exploring whether there's even an antenatal you know getting getting the sort of the idea of reading because when babies are tiny it's just such a lovely lovely thing there their eyes can already start to see you know black and white images and the more you you just integrate books into your sort of day-to-day routine um the more they just children just become readers that way it's all about habit and familiarity and we we know that children who enjoy reading enjoy being around books so many things um happen you know they they're 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 better prepared for school they are more articulate they're more confident they're more empathetic more resilient more creative so many different things so we start with book start and then we have um various different programs as children get older we have something called time to read which is for reception age children because we know that when children start learning to read suddenly the the sort of whole concept of story goes from, you know, having had a lovely, hopefully, bedtime story where it's all very snuggly and, you know, we get Edvis brilliant lions or uh, Judith Carr's tigers or trains or dinosaurs or whatever it is. Then children go to school and they start learning to read. And quite often parents who are busy, hard-pressed, they, they start to prioritise the uh, phonics reading over the bedtime story. So... Out goes Lovely Lion and in comes Biff and Chip. And I speak from experience. I have three children. I've, I've <laughs> we, been through it. We've, you know, we've so all you, been t- haunted yeah, by but, Biff but and Chip. <laughs> you go from lovely, cuddly, oh, you know, there's the tiger to come on, you know, it now, train. And it's really hard. And, and there's a real drop off. Children suddenly start seeing books as really difficult and not something they enjoy anymore. And, and, so the love of reading can sort of drop at that point. So we, we have a we have a, a, a program then. And then we have all sorts of campaigns and, and programs um, aimed. A lot of what we do is, is working with uh, families who just need a bit more support. Uh, so whether it's because children have maybe um, special educational needs um, or uh, it could be vulnerable children. So we do a lovely program for looked after children where we send them book parcels with postcards from famous authors and that sort of thing just to to really kind of embed reading as a as a lovely thing as opposed to a sort of something you should be doing 
We, when we were talking to the children earlier, uh, we, we kind of know that reading books is, is kind of good because it's good for, I don't know, all those educational things. You say you learn more words or whatever. Do you uh, have any kind of evidence about whether reading books is, is good for, for instance, our well-being or you know, good for us in other ways? There's loads of it. I mean, I can't, I can't cite any evidence right now, but, but there is a lot of evidence. One of the things about reading um, is that when you, if you think about when you read a brilliant story, you have to inhabit the character. So by doing that, you, a number of things happen. So firstly, you build empathy. So you can start to see the world through someone else's eyes, and that takes work you know you actually have to imagine being someone else and so you're you're sort of building your emotional um resilience and ability to sort of put yourself in other people's shoes which is which is linked to a sort of you know stronger um resilience and and emotional um strength moving um then there's also um there's there's something about the the relaxation when you read that that often you know it's it's similar to a sort of meditation you actually have to really engage in a story in a way that you don't with you know tv a book you can flick around and sorry a tv or a um you know a game you can sort of flick from thing to thing whereas with a book you have to you have to really really commit and it often takes a bit of work particularly for the first few chapters, either you have to learn and sort of, you know, understand the different characters and stories and that sort of thing. So that sort of really deep concentration has been found to really um, relax and sort of create that focus that we don't have um, in day-to-day life. I think when you when you read, we, we often sort of hear um, anecdotally, and I think there is evidence as well, that children see different things happening in books and that you'll often find that with if you have your own children and you're reading a story and they it might be about you know war-torn afghanistan but they will sort of see something in there and kind of go oh that happened actually i had a thing like that at school and it opens up conversations and it makes children feel that their emotions it may be that their experience are completely different but the emotions will often be quite similar to things they've experienced and it makes you feel like you're not alone you know that that other people have been through this um and that can be really really powerful for children as well okay um so there's obviously lots of benefits for reading i I wondered i mean often uh, you know children they can be uh, a little bit reluctant to read as you say particularly when they get a bit older and it seems like more of a chore are there ways to encourage reading with without the kids kind of noticing that you're encouraging because of course once you start (laughs) encouraging that's the last thing they want to do well exactly i mean you know look i i have three children myself and i can tell you they, they 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 sort of it goes up and down. Sometimes they, they're obsessed with reading and then other times they drift off and they're far more obsessed with Minecraft, like, you know, TikTok, whatever it is. Um, I think that, that what, what we know is that um, read yourselves. So children do notice what their parents do. So if you're always saying you should read, but you never read yourself, you know, they may not listen as, as deeply. Um, choice is really important. It's very easy to... Uh, try and put force books upon your children, either books that you loved or books that you think they should be reading. Um, whereas actually, it's really important to let your children read what they want to read. And, and sometimes children will want to read the same book over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, that's fine. You know, don't feel the need for the, to sort of push them onto something else because by reading that book over and over again, what they're actually doing is is creating a friend in that book you know this is their place that they go it's their sort of familiar it's like carrying it their their teddy bear it's the same sort of thing and so what they're actually doing is identifying as a reader that you know reading is the place is is you know is their friend um and that they will go on to other books eventually but but don't force that choice so always you know if they want to read non-fiction that's completely fine we we often find you know if a child is really obsessed with kind of dinosaurs or minecraft or whatever else find a book about it you know um there are loads of books that help them get better at their you know football what and 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 so just sort of make it so that it's not books or other stuff it's books as part of you know everything else and um i wanted to ask you Gemma, about 
a fantastic uh, initiative you've got coming up called Pajama Rama. Can you tell yeah. our listeners the name is brilliant? Oh, well, thank you very much. So Pajama Rama is our big um, bedtime story celebration on the 5th of June. And we're trying to get schools. We, we ran it last year and we had thousands of schools and nurseries take part. And we're trying to make it even bigger this year. The idea is schools sign up. Um, and we've got huge big fundraising packs with all sorts of um, activities for schools to take part in. But it's really a celebration of the bedtime story. So children go to school in their pyjamas. They give a pound to book trust so that we can help families everywhere get you know, excited about reading. Um, and they celebrate the bedtime stories. There are all sorts of ideas, you know, from midnight sleepovers or midday sleepovers (laughs) that that, uh you know and and getting author visits or just you know sharing your favorite bedtime story we made it as easy as possible because um we all know you know that sometimes uh coming up with different costumes can be a challenge so we thought pajamas we appreciate that we appreciate that thank you you roll out of bed and there you go you don't even have to get dressed in the morning fantastic i think you'll have a lot of parents not drinking a big glass of wine at the end of that day as opposed to today but um i I wanted to ask you i I think um we all know that funding cuts have have affected many education initiatives is the book trust one you know is there anything parents can do to support you because i know my book start book i still have it happy dog sad dog it just it was our mantra and just by putting that in your hand at a time when you're so frazzled you don't know what you're doing sets you on the right path so i mean i know parents would love to support you doing how how are things wonderful we we yeah i mean we 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 have a lot of you know very um active supporters and it's so important to us you know it's it's through um donations we we get some money from the arts council and from different places but our we we have a friend scheme um so people give to us on a monthly basis uh, which is absolutely incredible um and also through things like um pajama rama so you know our fundraising is always uh, we we try and be as we we call our friends our proper friends you know so we're not someone who when you give to us, we then call you up and say, if you could just give a bit more, we just say, no, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. Fantastic. Well, that's so Pajama Rama for a start is, is, is a good way to kind of get on board. So we should Absolutely. talk to our schools and make sure that they're, that they're signing up to it. That would be brilliant. And just one last thing before you go, Gemma, can you tell our parents about the, the book trust uh, on the website, the book finder? Because I think that's a fantastic yeah. idea. Oh, the book finder is incredible. I absolutely love it. We, we review a new book every single day. Um, and we... What, what we want to do is make it so easy for parents to, to find the right next book for their child. So we categorize books by theme, by age, um, by different types of characters. Uh, so whatever your children are interested in, you know, or whatever they're reading and, and love will help you find uh, the next book. Um, and we have on, uh, I think it's on Twitter, but we have something called the Book Doctor, which is, you know, if your, if your child is stuck on a certain genre and you want to try you know so if they love the wimpy kid they might love this as well so we've got loads and loads of content just on how to get your kids excited about reading make it really really fun make it something that they want to do and just expose all those fantastic books out there brilliant Gemma Mali from book trust thanks a million for joining us this evening thank you very much all the best